Well, this is our vision night, and I'm looking forward to just uh, putting out a burden, and it's not going to be anything huge and grandiose, uh, but it's going to be, I believe, what God wants us to focus on uh, for this year. Uh, the ushers are going to come and hand out a, a calendar of events, and so they're making their way around. If you would like a, a half-sheet calendar, uh, we'll look at some of those events here. And also, uh, just so you are aware, the, out in the lobby, uh, there I think are some stacks of missionary uh, prayer booklets. Uh, we've handed those out in the past. I think you are familiar with that. I'd encourage you to go grab one of them. Uh, parents, make sure that your kids don't walk off with 1520. Uh, so supervise that. But I don't mind if a, t a kid takes one as long as they'll pray for the missionaries. Uh, but take care of those kids. Those are not for coloring. Don't mark up all the missionaries' faces and uh, that kind of thing, you know. Uh, but do take those missionary prayer booklets in the back on your way out. Use those for your family devotions. Maybe have one uh, in your napkin holder or something at the table so that you can grab it during dinner and pray for one missionary every meal with your family. That's a good way to do it. Uh, and keep it, uh, keep it in your prayer journal and uh, get to know your, uh, our missionaries here. Anyone else need a calendar? In the back, we have some in the lobby, and that's my phone reminding me to silence the cell phone. All right. Okay, thank you, gentlemen, for handing those out. We will look at the calendar as we kind of go through uh, my notes here tonight. Uh, I would like us to look at Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. What is church all about? What is the mission? What is the vision? I don't know what you came expecting to hear for Vision Sunday, but it's not some vision I sucked out of my thumb, and it's not some special vision uh, from a special revelation. You wouldn't want that if I had it. Uh, the, the vision tonight is just to continue to get back to the basics. When you boil it all down, what are we here for? What are we doing at Ann Arbor Baptist Church, and are we doing it well? You can boil the mission that God has left us with, you can boil it down to go make disciples. That's what we need to do here. If you uh, will think back with me, we've had several Vision Sundays now uh, and several different themes and a lot that we have highlighted and, and lots of, of, of fun stuff. And uh, when, we, when I think back to Vision Sunday of 2020, I was so excited for January of 2020. Now, there was talk of this virus coming over from China, but you know, ah, it'll blow in, it'll blow out, it'll be over and done with. And so we carry on and uh, Vision Sunday on uh, January, whatever it was, of, of 2020 was all about launching the gym, which I'll bring that up. We'll have an update in this uh, event, in this hour tonight. Uh, but I had no idea that COVID was going to come in and just kind of put a, a, 
hit the brakes on the economy and so much was going to be just halted. Uh, and so our gym vision, which I believe God gave to us, which we're still moving forward. Okay, nothing has changed as far as the gym fund and the prayer and all of that. But the timing, wow, we got slowed down a little bit. Um, people were getting laid off. People were losing their jobs. People losing their health. The stocks were crashing and it was just kind of pandemonium. And then there was an election somewhere in there. Seems like, it seems like it wasn't there in 2020. And there was all sorts of political unrest and there was social issues. And wow, it got crazy. And so I, I remember being discouraged you know, about the gym, among other things, a lot of things. But well, where, where, where's the gym? Lord, come on. But I couldn't ask people to sacrificially give when they were being laid off, right? So we kind of just let the gym sit on the back burner. And uh, you know what? That was a good thing for me. Because it just again reminded me, we've got to keep all this in perspective. The reason we are wanting to do a building project is to help us do ministry, help us make disciples. God has had a lot he's taught me in these two years. So 2020 came and went. 2021, Vision Sunday of 2021, I came here and recognized, I could already tell, 2021 was going to look a lot like 2020, you know? And so I thought, boy, what do I say for Vision Sunday? And, and I went back and reviewed my notes just recently, and uh, we looked at basically how to get through this crisis. You know, COVID had come, and, and a lot of uncertainty and a lot of stuff, and what are we going to do as a church to, to stay faithful to the basics of what God's called us to. And, and we looked at that. That was kind of the, 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 the gist of Vision Sunday 2021. Now we come to Vision Sunday 2022, and God has just laid on my heart, uh, we've just got to do th this basic commission of making disciples. And bottom line, we don't need a, a 101 programs to do that. We don't need a gym to do that. We don't need state-of-the-art facilities to do that. Uh, we just need to be faithful and committed to do what God's called us to do at its essence. And, uh, you know, uh, COVID has streamlined our lives in some ways. Uh, some things you can't do, and even it's, it's affected our church. Uh, you know, we've had to streamline some of our ministries. Some of our programs have gotten scaled back. Master clubs and Vacation Bible School and various things. Uh, and, and at first, boy, I was just not liking that. I don't like it when external things cramp our style, right? Uh, but I recognize that God has been at work in this in my own life. External circumstances have caused me to have to simplify things. And, the, uh, and that's the word on the screen because that's kind of the word of the night. Um, but the, the uh, things that God's been doing in my heart as well have, have just resounded with that theme. I read a book recently about, well, I think it was called Simple Church. And it was a very helpful reminder that uh, sometimes God slows you down and sometimes that's good. Sometimes God streamlines us and that can be a good thing. He can help us to hone in and focus. And uh, many times we learn so much during that process. In our modern-day church culture, there is a lot of clutter. A lot of clutter in the church. There's a lot of clutter surrounding the main mission of the church. And that book that I read, which has influenced me a, a, a lot here recently going into this year, 
Uh, the, the book was written by a guy who uh, is a church consultant and interviews, uh, no, just doesn't interview, he consults churches and he does surveys and, and has all these statistics. The book is full of statistics. It'll actually wear you out. It's like another graph, another graph, okay. But he's trying to make the point that this is real data. And he surveyed, I don't know, 500 some churches and uh, over and over and over he found the churches that were the simplest when it came to their structure and their programs, their events, and so forth, the ones who were the most streamlined were the most effective across the board in every category, but especially in that category of what we're talking about here tonight, making disciples. What are we really trying to do in church? See how many events we can all get to at the same time, or just what, what can we do? How busy can we be? Uh, no. We're trying to make disciples. Now, events can help us with that. And we've got a page full of events here. Uh, but uh, uh, programs can help us with that. But we've got to make sure that everything is filtered through the grid of the mission. Is this helping us make disciples? Well, you could maybe say, yes, it is. But you have to ask some more questions. Is it the most efficient way? Is it a very effective way? Or is this just so-and-so's ministry that we can't touch because she will have a cow. Uh, you know, can't go there. Now, now, we shouldn't have ministries like that in the church. We should be able to all recognize that we are on the same page. We're the same team working in Christ's church. He is building his church. And, and, and we do need to ask some tough questions sometimes. Why are we doing what we're doing? And are we doing it the most effective way? Some of the most busy churches in America are filled with people who are tired, grumpy, frustrated, and disconnected. Dare I say lonely. And that's sad. And I hope that's not the, the case for anyone here, but it could be. We're not perfect. I'm still learning. We are still on a journey. And it is possible to be at church all the time. It is possible to be quote-unquote plugged in and still disconnected and lonely. And that is not what it means to be a disciple. When Jesus said, uh, put that back on the screen there, would you, uh, 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 when he said, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. Uh, he was talking about uh, 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 building relationships that would last and establishing an actual body, the church, which is his body. It's a family. So I do believe we ought to look this year at the subject of simplification, okay? We may need to streamline a little bit and simplify a little bit. And uh, so we've got some things on the calendar, but I am not even tied to this calendar, if the Lord tells us to strike something, we'll strike it. Uh, if, if we recognize that uh, we're in a place as a church family where we're going too many directions or this event that we thought was going to help us make disciples, now it's, it's just not a help. It's not the right time. Uh, just because it's on this page does not mean that now this is written in the law of the Medes and Persians and cannot be altered. Uh, we need to simplify and streamline and make sure that we're being effective the Great Commission is simple. It is go, preach, baptize, teach, make disciples. How can we be effective in this process? Well, last year we revisited the four banners. 
And uh, get ready for that. Spoiler alert, every single Vision Sunday, we're going to revisit those banners. Why? Those banners are the vision. Okay, that's the mission. Now, we look at them horizontally. Exalt, advance, nurture, and engage. I've got it a little bit different on the screen. Uh, you know, you can see this horizontally, but you can also see this vertically in a, in a top-down uh, approach. And here's what I mean. In, in a sense, um, it's all, all four of those are about exalting Christ. Okay? It's not like exalting Christ is one thing. Advancing the church is a different thing. Nurturing families is something altogether different. And then engaging the world is off by itself. That's not how that's supposed to be seen. Really, all four are exalting Christ. Okay, so if you look at it here, it starts with exalting Christ, and then you unpack it. And as you unpack this thought of exalting Christ, you, you can't talk about exalting Christ without talking about the church. He's the head of the body. I mean, he, he, he loved the body so much, he gave himself for it. So as we unpack what it means to exalt Christ, you've got advancing the church. But what does that mean? And what will that do? A lot of things, but we call out a couple of more things. Nurturing families would be part of advancing his church, and engaging the world would be a part of the advance of the church against the gates of hell. So there's two ways of looking at it. You can look at it horizontally, that's fine. But you can kind of look at it as a top-down uh, approach as well. And what I want you to see is this. This is our, not just our mission, uh, but it is our, our philosophy and our process. This is the way we are attempting, okay, by the grace of God, to make disciples here. Again, what's the mission? What's the mission? It is to go, teach, baptize, preach the gospel, make disciples. How are you going to do that? This is how we're doing it here. By seeking to exalt Christ. As we're exalting Him, we're advancing His church through nurturing families and engaging the world. And we need to uh, unpack this a little bit. Okay, um, and, and so what we want to do is move every one of our church members and attenders through this process. So how do we know if we're being effective? How do we know? We got a, a calendar full of stuff. What, at the end of this year, what is the way we know if we're effective in making disciples? Uh, well, we look at all the attendance records and, and we check all the attendance. Uh, yeah, that helps, but that's, not, that's, that's, that's only a little piece of the pie. Uh, well, we, uh, you know, we, we have meetings and we, we, we debrief and, and, and make sure that we're being, you know, people are happy. Yeah, that, that helps. But the bottom line way of knowing how we are being effective in our disciple-making process is, our, is this. Are we taking people through what you see there on the wall? Is every individual learning to exalt Christ, to advance his church, and actively engaged in advancing his church, participating in that? Are they involved in nurturing families and engaging the world? I, I want to give it to you this way. If you, because we're talking about simplifying. What is our church in its most basic, simple form? All right, well, exalting Christ would maybe be our worship services. Not that it's only that, but if you want to start here as, as a new person, you oftentimes come to the worship service first. You've never been anywhere else. First place you start is the worship service. But then as you keep coming, you want to get connected, be a part of this family. And so you want to get a part of advancing his church. So the connection happens as in our church. We have life groups. We have small groups. 
And we'll talk more about that in a moment. Uh, but that is where we break it down on a smaller level, where people get into each other's lives, where there's edification and building up, advancing this body of believers, okay? So there's worship, then there's our life groups, then nurturing families. That'd be an opportunity to serve. All sorts of ways of service in our church. We'll talk about it more in a moment. And then engage the world. Well, what's that in a word? Outreach, evangelism. Uh, and, and so as we're simplifying how we look at making disciples at Ann Arbor Baptist Church, just think of it through those four banners. Am I involved in all four? Am I starting with the worship? Am I, am I, am I faithful in the worship service? Am I uh, being built up and connected to this body, the hand, the foot, the ankle, right, as the Bible calls out? Maybe through the small groups, the life groups. Am I seeking to serve and nurture other people, the families, the individuals in our church? And am I actively reaching out? Am I involved in some way, shape, or form with missions, with personal evangelism, with the outreach ministries of the church? So that's kind of where we're going. So I, I hope that didn't make it more confusing. I'm trying to simplify it. Uh, so when I, uh, when I look now going forward in this year, how are we doing? It's not just going to be a numbers game. It's not just going to be a numbers game. I want to see our people involved across the board in those four key concepts. So we're going to talk about the calendar a little bit as we walk through this, but it's not just limited to the calendar. So exalt Christ. Exalt Christ is the first one. Uh, I think we've got a, a banner on this, Colossians 1.18. Uh, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. He wants the preeminence because he is the only one who deserves it. And uh, there's a, a number of ways we can do this. Uh, first of all, I would say by seeking him personally. It starts there. You exalt Christ by seeking him personally. But we're talking about a church. And so we also want to meet corporately, to worship him corporately. Uh, and I know that COVID has thrown a kink in this a little bit for us. You know, there's been sickness and there is uncertainty about the variants and all of this. But I'm glad we have live stream. I'm glad for those tuning in on live stream, those who can use that. It's great. Uh, and, and we will have live stream as, as, long as, as long as it's needed, I suppose. I would just say to those who are live streaming, just do pray about a plan for when you're going to come back in person and make sure you've got clear parameters. Otherwise, it can be the new norm. It's just so easy to just, just live stream, you know. But I want to call this out. Uh, all the way through the scripture, you have... Um, you have illustrations of corporate worship. In the Old Testament, led by the Levites, you've got the music and you've got the, 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 the priests and so much going on and, and you see it all the way through with the prophets and on in the New Testament. And then ultimately in the book of Revelation, if you want to look at a book on corporate worship, you can go to Revelation. That, that might seem a little weird, but that is a great book uh, for many right, uh, reasons. But if you wanted to study corporate worship, Revelation would be a place to go. We're going to worship corporately, and there's something about the collective, in-person, physical gathering that is so, so key, so important. 
Uh, and uh, there has always been uh, difficulties for that. For some churches, it's persecution. They cannot meet corporately or, or, or they have a hard time. They're struggling to meet corporately because of persecution. Uh, they're scattered. They're in underground churches and so forth. Um, and there's difficulties there. Uh, we have a virus and variants of a virus and all of this. Uh, but at the same time, God has always been faithful to his people and has always provided a way for them to get together. And so I would just encourage our live stream audience, just make sure that you are prayerfully getting parameters to hold yourself to so that you don't end up just live streaming till Jesus comes. And that could be today. I hope it is. Uh, it could be 15 years from now. Uh, I, I think there ought to be a plan and some parameters in place where you're saying, this is when we're going to get back into corporate worship. And also just really be prayerful because uh, there are precedents that are being set in every home. And so now it, it, we've got COVID. But when that is gone, if it's ever gone, what about the next thing and the next thing and the next thing? And, and are we practicing and preparing for the persecuted church season? Or are we practicing and preparing for, I don't know, uh, something else? I mean, there is coming a day when we're going to face some very, very, very difficult things and we're going to need each other. There is coming a day, I really believe, where we will not be allowed to live stream those, those two cameras there. Uh, I, I, I totally believe that one day, the, 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 the internet is going to be off limits to the gospel. I don't know when. I don't know how long that'll take. I hope uh, not in my lifetime or my kids' lifetimes, but you never know. God's grace will be sufficient when that day comes. But what kind of roots will we have put down and what kind of strength and fortitude will we have, have nourished to be prepared for that day? Uh, it would be horrible for us to have the internet go out and we're all isolated, and we can't get together, and it would be exactly like the devil to just start picking us apart. The truth is, he's already working hard to do that even today. So I, I, I don't want to guilt anybody into, you know, coming in person. I want the live stream audience to know I am praying for you, like I'm praying for everybody sitting here, but I'm looking at things and saying, wow, we're into year number three of this. I mean, pretty soon it's going to be year number four of this. And then, I don't know, maybe five. And uh, when does it stop? When do, we do, when do we do this again? When do we come back and, and fellowship one with another? Just pray. Look at the word. Talk with your spouse. Get a plan. Hold yourself to some biblical parameters. And uh, 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 as far as the church here, of course, we're trying to do things safely. Um, I'm not making any mandates that people have to be vaccinated or people have to wear masks or anything like that. But we are trying to uh, be, be careful as much as we can. Uh, but we're trusting the Lord ultimately. So exalt Christ. We start with the worship. Let's be committed to uh, this discipleship plan, which is going to start by lifting him up. And giving him first place in your own life. You know, in your week, in your day, in your thoughts, in your financial decisions. We talked about this in the book of Malachi. He wants to be exalted. He wants to be first and he alone deserves it.
So make a priority in your life and your family's life for the worship of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you can do that at home in your family, your family devotions as well, to worship him as a family, to worship him individually, to worship him corporately. Uh, just a couple of things I will highlight from the calendar, and a couple of these are not, no, a couple, uh, this is on there. Lord's Supper, you'll see that sprinkled throughout the calendar, one in February and then one in April. Uh, let me encourage you to make this a highlight. The Lord's Supper is nothing to sneeze at. This is a time where we're exalting Christ, if we've ever exalted Christ. Not that it's more of, an, of a special service than any other service, but we're taking some specific time to think about his death, his burial, his resurrection, and to bring our lives in accordance to him and his word. Uh, highlight those. Make sure if you can at all be here for those services, uh, please, please be here. And of course, the weekly uh, worship service, the midweek worship service, and, and uh, just to be faithful. Uh, we need one another. Iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. It is just great to have people in proximity that you can pray with, that you can cry with, that you can uh, just live life together with a life of faith. Of course, on your calendar, you'll see we have some special speakers coming in, and we trust that these guys will help us to be pointed to Christ. That's the whole point here. Several evangelists, evangelist Caleb Garraway uh, is coming, uh, let's see here, in a, uh, no, May. And then uh, Bobby Bosler is coming in June. Evangelist Barry Webb will be coming for our church camp in August. If you don't know Barry Webb, Barry Webb is a unique evangelist. He is um, very geared toward kids, but don't check out adults. He will not lose you. Uh, but he's the kind of guy who does not need to do like his meeting and then a kid's meeting. No way. It's one meeting. Uh, he does puppets and uh, he, he's a ventriloquist. He does a great job. He has a puppet show and has his own puppet stage and plays several instruments. He's just a very lively guy and his wife is involved as well in his puppet show and stuff. Uh, but he will be just, I think, a perfect fit for our camp, our church camp setting. He's going to pull the kids in and some of the big kids too uh, and, and help us just to be able to connect with the Word of God and to exalt the Lord Jesus. So uh, he's coming. Then evangelist Dave Korn, uh, he was, we were, we've been trying to have him in, uh, couldn't get him, uh, but uh, I think he, had to, he actually canceled on us once uh, because of complications on his side. Uh, it worked out for him to come in October as one of our missionaries of the month. Uh, I'm sorry, not missionaries of the month, but our October is missions month. And we have uh, four to 10 missionaries and he'll be one of them. But his uh, specialty, if you will, is reaching into the public schools. So while he's here, uh, I think he's gonna start off, he's gonna kick off missions month for us and be our first missionary. While he's here, he is going to go to the public school. I'm excited about this. I have no idea what to expect. Uh, but they let him in. All over the country, they let Dave Korn in. Why? Because he does um, what he calls magic and morality talks. He does gospel magic, only in the public school you can't do the gospel part. I'll come back to that. He does magic tricks and he talks about morality. I can't talk about the gospel, so he just talks about morality. They love what he says about bullying and morality and so forth. He is allowed to invite them back to the rally night at the church. And that's where the kids come for the final big presentation where he preaches the gospel. 
so uh, we're looking forward to that. He'll be our, our speaker on Sunday. Then he'll be in the public school all week. And then I think it's either Wednesday or Thursday they come here. And uh, he does gospel uh, uh, illusions and, and preaches the gospel. And God has used him to see scores saved, 100 saved around the country. So looking forward to Dave Korn. And then, of course, several missionaries. And I love it in Missions Month. Uh, October on your calendar is, is Missions Month. I love to see how our missionaries point us to Jesus. It's, it's the same message, different personalities. And they lift him up and lift up the harvest field for us. So uh, will you pray about taking the next step in exalting Christ at an Arbor Baptist Church. What does that mean for you? It might mean personal devotions, step forward. It might mean uh, the, the participation, uh, being faithful on live stream or being faithful in person or um, getting, uh, getting here from live stream. Whatever the next step is for you, uh, let's, let's seek the Lord about exalting Christ together. We're trying to make disciples and be disciples. And it starts with exalting Christ. Secondly, you got to advance the church. Um, uh, so a, a verse with that is Matthew 16, 18. And I say also unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I love this. This is Jesus saying what he's going to do with his church. And I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of what Jesus is a part of. I want to be a part of what Jesus is building. And if he's the head... And I am, I'm allowed to be, or I'm supposed to be part of the body. Well, let's get involved in this thing. One of the ways that we can do that as we think about simplifying, all right, exalt Christ, let's start with the worship service. Let's be faithful. Advance the church. Let's get involved in a life group. Let's get involved connecting with one another, edifying one another, loving people, loving the body, loving what Christ loves. What does Ephesians 5 say? Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. You see what he said? He loves the church. Jesus loves the church. That's the people, not the building. But we, we use a building, thankfully, on days like today, right? But Jesus loves the church. I want to love what he loves. I want to love the people that he loves. I need his help to love them. But let's, let's seek him for that. Uh, let's see, seek him to, 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 to plug us in, to commit to the work of the ministry in his church. Ephesians 4.11 says he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God under the perfect man under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That is talking about sanctification, discipleship. That is talking about disciples becoming like Jesus. How do we do this? There's a lot of ways to do it. How are we focusing on it here? Our four major programs, if you will, would be the worship services and then the life groups so that we are plugged into one another's lives on a smaller level where we, where we can bear burdens, where we can pray together, where we can challenge each other, uh, where we can uh, uh, even weep together. 
Yeah, it's important. The Bible says weep with those that weep and rejoice with those that rejoice till we all come in the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. We're being perfected. We're being grown into his image. So I want to highlight our, our life groups here tonight. Uh, I messed this up this morning. I couldn't remember the names. Oh, it's terrible. I, I, but I think I got most of them. Uh, uh, but Pursuit is the young adults life group, college and career. That's in the fellowship hall. All of these are six o'clock at night on Sundays. Keystone, that's the middle-aged adult group. That's an auditorium. I've been leading that, uh, and that's been a, a real blessing. The legacy group is the senior adults uh, or empty nesters and seniors at Fellowship Hall, down at the far end of the Fellowship Hall, six o'clock, of course. And then the teens, that's the alive life group. And they are in the Fellowship Hall with Pastor CJ, and that's a, a lively group. Uh, and great to see what God's doing in our teens. And then our kids' ministry. I want to stop and say a little bit about this. Uh, so we've done different things with the kids. Of course, we were doing master clubs on Wednesday. And remember I said we've been streamlining and simplifying, and some, things have, some decisions have been made for us. Master clubs required a lot of personnel to run it. And with COVID and, and with sickness and people live streaming and not being here, we just didn't have the personnel. We didn't have the personnel to run it. Um, and so uh, we, we stopped that for now. And we may go back to it at some time. We've got all the stuff. Everything is there. Um, but we've been doing basically junior church at night is what Kids Club has basically been. Our junior church rotation has been uh, working through that. Um, uh, but uh, uh, what we're going to do is we, we are looking to uh, bring in a, a patch club which is much less, um, it, it takes fewer people, basically, much less involved as far as the workers are con concerned. And we've got a couple of, uh, a, a couple of the blacks who have done this before. And so uh, I think they can run it by themselves as opposed to needing like 12 or 15 people. Uh, so we'll do that on Sunday nights, Lord willing, starting April 3rd. Now, why do I highlight April 3rd? Well, look at April 3rd on your calendar and it says new service schedule. We are, Lord willing, seeking to revise our service schedule, just making little changes here and there, um, but going from two services back to one service, Sunday morning, uh, on April 3rd. And we'll have to change the time. Stay tuned uh, on, the, on, on the, the, um, the, the particulars. We'll probably move it up to 10 or 10.30. Um, but that will allow us uh, several things. It'll, it will allow us to get uh, back to one body, which will be nice in many respects. Um, uh, the first crowd misses the second crowd and, and so forth. Uh, we do have the balcony, so we can still spread out a little bit, all right? Um, it will be a little bit of a challenge for our bus, but the bus workers will be able to be in the service and then they will go out when the service is over, pick up the bus kids, and then come and do a bus church afterwards, okay? So they'll be the only thing going on at that time. Um, so I'm glad that the bus workers can still be in the service. Uh, we're not bringing back Sunday school to the nine o'clock hour at this time. We're just going to one service at this time. We'll leave the life groups in the evening. We will do a, a little coffee fellowship for those of you who like to get here early and have that cup of coffee with your, the way we used to do it, with the small tables and all that, you can still come to the Fellowship Hall at 9 o'clock 
or 9.15, whatever it's going to be. I, I got to get the, 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 those numbers to you. Um, have a cup of coffee before the service, all right? So uh, pray about that. Uh, if there's no huge, crazy outbreak of who knows what, uh, you know, all this is subject to change. That's one thing COVID has done for us. It's got Baptists used to change. How do you like that? Uh, we're learning to be flexible. Um, but the goal, Lord willing, by April 3rd, it would be to transition to this new service schedule. Life groups at night, service around 10, 1030. I'll, I'll confirm that. Um, and then uh, uh, the, the fellowship with coffee before that. And uh, the kids will, will do the patch clubs at that time. So I'm, we're excited about those opportunities. But on Wednesday, then the kids will just be in here as well. One thing I'm burdened about is I don't want to have us over-programmed where the kids never get to hear their pastor preach. Okay, so if we did master clubs on Wednesday night and life groups, kids club on Sunday night, and then Sunday morning, if kids are in the bus ministry or helping or whatever, you might miss them on Sunday. Or junior church, there'll be a junior church on Sunday morning. So if they're in junior church, they miss me. Uh, so the, we, we got to have one time where the kids hear their pastor. So that'll be Wednesday night at this point. Of course, none of these ministries are mandatory. If a parent does not want their kids in, in a patch club, they can sit with them. That's fine. But uh, it's there and available. All right. Um, so let me move quickly. Oh boy, we're almost out of time here. So it, it, we, we want to advance the church by being a part of one another's lives, part of the body. We have fellowships. You'll see this on here as well. Uh, uh, the chocolate fellowships on here, church picnic in August, uh, Fourth of July picnic there in, fire, in fireworks in the four, July, seniors luncheon and various teen outings. You see conferences for the teens and so forth, Harvest Fest. Uh, these are opportunities for us to connect and build up the body. Thirdly, nurture families. So exalt Christ, that's worship, advance, let's get connected, get in a life group, nurture families, let's serve. Let's serve one another, let's nurture one another. From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. What that verse teaches is that it is your job, every bit as much as it is my job, to see people built up, to see the church edified. Do you see the, the, that phrase there? It says, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself. It edifies itself. So that's not just, well, the staff needs to do that. Well, the deacons should do that. Deacons are servants. Servant, serve, okay? Uh, yeah, absolutely, deacon's going to serve, pastor's going to serve, staff's going to serve. But it says the body edifies itself in love. And that is where a church really becomes a beautiful picture of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. He came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. I want you to pray about these banners. Am I involved in exalting him? Am I faithful to worship? Am I involved in advancing the body, getting involved in people's lives, the church, building the church, building one another. One way we do that, here's the, the, the small groups, the life groups. Am I involved in serving, nurturing, nurturing the, the families and the individuals here? You know, there's an opportunity for you to exercise your gift. Everyone's been given a gift. God gave it to you. It needs to be exercised. First Corinthians 12, 14, for the body is not one member, but many. 
If the foot shall say, because I am not of the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I'm not the eye, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? <laughs> but now God hath set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased him. There's humor in the Bible. That's supposed to be a little humorous. I like it. We're not all supposed to be an eye. We're not all supposed to be an ear. And if we were, we'd be grossly deformed. When Pastor Burt preached for us last August, he talked about this concept. Some churches all want to be an eye. They all want to be an ear. Or they all want just one gift. No, we need the multiplicity of gifts, the diversities of gifts, and they each need to function in a, in, in a, a, a capacity within the church. And let me tell you, that could be through an organized ministry or a disorganized ministry. No, uh, or it could be through no ministry at all. You can just exercise your gift. If your gift is serving, you can serve somebody. Uh, th there are ways to serve uh, within the church and outside of the church. Um, the Bible says in Romans 12, 10, be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love in honor, preferring one another. Romans 13, 8, owe no man anything but to love one another. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. How have we fulfilled the law? Love your neighbor as yourself. We want to nurture families, and this can happen by serving one another. Uh, but we need to do this. I'm committed to this, folks. We want to do this but while at the same time maintaining a healthy ministry life balance. Remember that word simplify? I don't want to burn you out. Serve, 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 serve. I want you to be nurtured while you're nurturing. Not drained dry. And sometimes ministries can do this. Churches can do this. The Bible says, uh, for if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? The Bible is basically saying if you lose your family, you've lost your ministry. And so we as a church don't want to put you in a place where you serve so much that you lose your own kids. We want you to be serving together, growing together, nurturing. God has called you not to sacrifice your family on the altar of church. He's called you to allow your family to be nurtured through the church and to be a part of that nurturing process. We want to do this in our calendar as well. So just a couple of highlights from the calendar. We're trying to nurture different age groups. And you'll see various things for teen camp, snow camp, summer camp, uh, even baby showers. Hey, we're nurturing young moms. There's one there with Karina and then, uh, uh, let's see here, Abby Joshua. Um, there's a youth service there in, let's see here, in April, April 10th, Youth Service and Fellowship. Why? We want to nurture our youth, get them involved in doing the service on their own, doing the preaching, doing the singing. Um, marriage retreat with Caleb Garraway uh, in, in May. There's a father-son retreat, ladies camp in October, man camp, young adult retreat. Uh, these are opportunities for you to take part in to be nurtured and to nurture. And hopefully it helps parents we want to come alongside parents, not to do their job for them, but to help them do their job in these opportunities. There's opportunities to serve here. The bus ministry, see Ed Boss about that. Ed, wave. There's, there's Ed. Okay, see Ed about a bus ministry. 
There's kids' ministry. There's nursery. Boy, we could always use people with the nursery ministry. The music ministry, media ministry, uh, parking lot, shovel, okay? There's jail. There's nursing home. There's so many ways to serve if you want to clean. There, there's nobody here who there's not a spot for. Try me, okay? We, we can find something that God has given you that you can use in the church. Now this is where I decided to plug in the Family Ministry Center, all right? Because folks have asked me, what about the Family Ministry Center? What are we doing with that? The gym and all that. Uh, and while we're trying to nurture families and advance this church, it, it does help for the facilities to expand, to, to help that. Uh, we are a decent size building. Uh, on the outside, it looks like, you know, we've got a lot of, lot of Sunday school space. We actually have two Sunday school rooms, two. It's a multi-purpose room and this little closet over here that we turned into a Sunday school room, and it holds about five teens, maybe. Uh, those are the two Sunday school rooms and the whole building. Then we have the fellowship hall that can be divided into thirds. No, well, actually, technically, technically four, four groups, and we can use those, but it's not soundproof. As you know, you've been in there. Uh, and the kids, and when it's two degrees or whatever it is outside, uh, the kids don't always want to play outside. Now they're running around, and you're having your life group, and, and you're sharing your heart, and here goes two kids. <laughs> you know, hey, you know, you guys are flexible. You guys are patient, most of you. Uh, no, um, I'm not always patient either. Uh, but we're pulling together. We're using what we have, right? We're using what we have. But we have uh, prayed and, and said, Lord, uh, if you would allow us to expand here, we believe it would help us as we're trying to nurture families, advance your church, ultimately exalt Christ in our, in our area. Uh, so you can pray about this. We are currently over a quarter million. 260,000 has been raised so far through COVID, through financial setbacks, and, and uh, who knows what all. That's, a, that's an encouragement to me. That is an encouragement. We can say praise the Lord for that. Uh, just in case you've never seen this, so that's our current, right over here on this side is our current auditorium. This big building will be the gym. That's the back, the, uh, the other view. That's our, on, on this far side would be, the, would be the current fellowship hall. Over here would be the new uh, educational wing with Sunday school classes, nurseries, and, and things for, for kids primarily. Uh, so it's, hey, it's part of the vision. It's part of the vision that God gave us it was not just my vision. We had a lot of people involved in this. And, and uh, we had a charrette where the architect comes in with the builder. We had, I don't know, 15 or 20, maybe 25 people with, with everybody included sitting in there and, and, and talking. And it was exciting. And uh, God gave us this. Now, what is he doing? He is preparing us. You know, I think if God had given the gym too quickly, I don't know what it would have done to you guys, but it probably would have ruined me. You know, uh, I... It'd be so easy just to take that and, and think, wow, look what we did. I mean, th thank you, Lord. Okay. Uh, and, and the Lord has a way of just making sure that you don't get too much too quick and it pops your head. And I don't want that. I don't want our, our building program to destroy the work of God. It's meant to come alongside and help us nurture the families that God has given us. But would you pray about that? We're still raising funds. We're still praying. We're waiting on God's timing. But we are still following his leading uh, and trusting that God will bring this together in his perfect time. Our final thing tonight, 
engage the world. So how do we disciple people at Ann Arbor Baptist Church? We seek to make them individuals who will exalt Christ. And what does it look like at Ann Arbor Baptist Church? We exalt Christ by advancing the church, nurturing families, engaging the world, okay? So uh, we have the, the worship service, connecting the life groups, serve, and then evangelize, reach out to the world. And uh, what, is it, what does it say? It says, uh, he, I'm sorry, Mark 16, 15, and he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Every creature. And then Acts 1, 8, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. How can we be involved? Well, commit to taking an active part in giving the gospel personally. Saturday soul winning. Is it 10 o'clock, 10.30? It kind of varies. It varies. But see Ed. Uh, he is uh, organizing specifically the bus calling, and you're welcome to be a, uh, to be a, a part of that. But uh, there are other calls as well that could be made on Saturdays if we had people to make those calls. We do new, mo new move-ins. Uh, I've never had a new move-in visit go bad. Never. That's crazy. I've done a lot of them. 100% have all been good visits. Hey, welcome to the area. Here's a welcome packet. I saw, I heard you move, uh, I saw on our new move-in list that you, you moved in in August. Are we the first church to welcome you to the area? Well, yeah, you are. And uh, we have a little talk and it goes great, all right? Uh, we call back to visitors and, and so forth. But Saturday is a great time to get together. Find a partner. Let me encourage you. Find someone in your life group. Find somebody you've been praying with. And say, hey, let's go out on Saturdays. Or maybe Saturday doesn't work for you. Uh, talk to Ed if you need some contacts. Go out on Tuesday or whatever. But uh, uh, find an opportunity to go out and be involved. Our official time would be Saturdays. Um, but you can do it anytime that you're able. And then commit to being involved in missions. Faith Promise Missions is how we do it here. We, we uh, pray and, and pledge. And, and some don't pr uh, pledge, but they still give, and that's fine. Uh, but we want to be involved in missions because missions is on the heart of God. And then there are uh, uh, obviously opportunities to take missions trips at times, uh, not, not recently because <laughs> of COVID, but mainly uh, at this point is prayer and faith promise. A um, couple of things I want to highlight from the calendar. Uh, of course, I already mentioned the Saturday outreach, uh, but there's also in February a, a campaign called the Phil Michigan Campaign. Phil Michigan. This is a, 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 tract, a gospel tract campaign. Uh, the, the pastors of the independent Baptist churches in Michigan have just gotten together and said, hey, look, Michigan's cold and people can kind of get discouraged and it's hard to go out and knock on doors or whatever. Let's just see how many gospel tracts we can get out in February. And so I said, hey, sign us up. We'll do our part. It doesn't really take anything different on your, on your end. Hopefully you're already handing out tracts. Uh, all we're going to do is in, in the, uh, February 6th, in the beginning of February, we're going to start counting how many tracks we have gotten to a person. Not leaving them on doors, not leaving them on, on uh, windshield wipers or whatever, but if you hand a track to a person, uh, I'll just ask you to, if you're live streaming, when you check in, just tell us how many tracks you handed out. 
And if you are here, use a connection card and just say, hey, I handed out so many tracks. Well, why are we counting numbers, Pastor? We've never done this before. I'm not into numbers counting. This is not to pat ourselves on the back. This is just to be an encouragement to all the churches in Michigan that we're pulling together in cold, dark February to see, can we fill Michigan with the gospel? So it's just simply four weeks uh, that we'll collect that data, send it back in uh, to the headquarters, if you will. At the end, we'll get to see the, the, the grand total. So many, so many tracks we're able to get out. I'd encourage you to be a part of that. Uh, we're almost done here. Um, so uh, there's the February Phil Michigan campaign in June. We will have Bobby Bosler here with the Cola Clash. This is another teen outreach. We'll say more about that as we get closer to it. This got canceled by COVID last time, so we rescheduled. Looking forward to that. And in October, as I mentioned, Dave Korn will come and uh, also reach out to our public schools. We'll close out the year with our uh, Christmas experience. Uh, last year, we had 36 hundred people come. Uh, it was just incredible. And then multiple visitors came as a result of that to our Christmas Eve service. And uh, uh, it's just been neat to see God continuing to work in that. So we're going to scale it back to one weekend. We started with one weekend. We went to two weekends. We'll go back to one weekend. And uh, uh, that I believe that'll be a great blessing to us. Our mission wrap it up with this. Our mission is to reproduce disciples that exalt Christ, advance his church, nurture families, and engage the world. We're not tied to a particular set of programs. Programs come and go. Relationships are what we want to focus on. We're committed to discipleship and relationships, not necessarily a program. If a program is helping us, then great. But if a, if, a, if a program is not helping us to exalt Christ, advance the church, nurture families, and engage the world, then we'll have to rethink that program. So to simplify this whole thing once again, if someone's saying, how do I get involved? What's the, what's the, 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 the vision for me at Ann Arbor Baptist Church? The vision is worship, connect to a life group, serve, nurture one another, and evangelize, get involved with outreach through this church and around the world. Let's be praying that God will help us in 2022 to make disciples, to make disciples. And it's not, it's, it's not going to happen on its own, folks. We have to be committed. We have to be surrendered. We have to be involved. We have to make a plan. I'll be praying with you. You pray for me. Lord, thank you for this time that we could look again at what you've called us to do as a church. Thank you for the, the, the fourfold mission that we have here to exalt you, that, you would be, that your church would be advanced. Lord, that the families and individuals would be nurtured in their growth and that the gospel would ring out around the world. Lord, I thank you that we uh, have a faithful God who is building his church. Help us to take the next step that you would have us to take in this process. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we will stand and be dismissed at this time. We have a little fellowship down the hall. So actually, I should pray for that. Let's, I just prayed. We'll pray again. Let's stand and we'll pray for the fellowship. And if you can stay, please do. And if you have to go, we understand. Uh, but let's, let's pray. Lord, thank you for uh, this snack that we can have together in the fellowship. Would you bless our time together and give us safety as we go home in Jesus' name. Amen. You're dismissed. Thank you.